Well, hey, New Life Church family, we're so glad you joined us today on our digital campus. Listen, we got an exciting day for you planned. Marcus Brown is in the house. You know it's going to be funny and you know it's going to be good. So you're going to want to lean in and take notes today. But we're about to go into a time of worship. Before we do that, I just want to pray for all of us. And I want to encourage you right now. Come on, let's lean in. Let's worship the Lord together and see what he has for us today. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for everybody that's on here. Lord, I pray today, God, as we worship you, Lord, that you would do a work in our lives, God. Whether we're watching in our living room with our families or, God, we might be running, God, a trail right now. and We got our phone with us and we're listening. Lord, wherever we are, we know that you can move in our lives. So, God, we give you this day and we worship you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Life Church. Welcome to another week of Life of Christ. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 5 and pick up a pen and some paper or maybe grab your phone so you can take some notes today. I'm going to talk to you about a topic that's really relevant for every one of us. It's also, if you have kids or grandkids, there's some principles here that you're going to, that you're going to want to help them with in life. And I'm going to talk about persecution, uh, being harassed, especially for your faith, for your Christian values, Matter of fact, our Christian values are in total opposition to the ways of the world right now. So what do you do when someone you love has been bullied? Uh, they are, feel like they're under someone else's thumb. They're being harassed. They're being texted about or on social media. How do you handle that kind of opposition? Jesus taught us that Christians handle opposition differently than the people of the world and were actually called to it. In Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus gets to the end of the Beatitudes, and a lot of these Beatitudes are upside-down teaching. He'd be like, happy are those who are sad. We're like, what does that mean? And he would say things like, love your enemies. And it, would just, it was upside-down principles to the way the world taught. He would say, if you want to lead, you're going to need to be the servant of all. And so he would go through all of these things. He gets to the bottom of the Beatitudes, and he said this, blessed are those who are persecuted. And it really means happy. Happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he elaborates on this one. He said, blessed are you when they revile. That, that word revile means that there is abusive language being spoken about you, like negative things are spread, okay? And persecution is when they make up something to hurt you, okay? Gossip is when it's probably true, you know? So some, some of you feel like uh, you're being persecuted. No, your stuff just got out in the public. Blessed are those when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Now watch this. For great is your reward in heaven. Like when you're harassed because of Jesus, he's like, you need to know two things. You got a reward up in heaven. And then he says, then also you are in step with a lot of great people. He says, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You're in really good company. I remember the first time we tried to handle something like this in our homes. It's like one day my daughter, Ashlyn, she came home. She was just off. She just was not herself. 
And so we were at dinner and, and, you know, Ashton's like 220 volts of electricity and she just wasn't talking. She was super quiet. And Brooke nudged me and she said, something, something's off with, with Ashton. I said, okay. So later that evening I was tucking her into bed and I, I just put my arms around her and I said, I said, Ash, I said, you know, daddy loves you. She said, I know. I said, you know, you can tell me anything going on. And, and I saw that chin start quivering and then she just burst into tears. And she said, Daddy, today at school, Cassie said this about me. And she told me what she said. She was making fun of something, you know, about, about Ashlyn. And she's just sitting there crying. And she literally put her head on my chest. And I started just rubbing her hair. And I was speaking things over her. And I said, you, I said, Ashlyn, you know Daddy loves you. She said, I know. And I said, and I'm going to fix this. She said, you are. I said, yes. She goes, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to stay right here till you fall asleep. She's like, thank you, Dad. And said, and then after you fall asleep, I'm going to go to Cassie's house. And she's like, you are? And I said, yes. And I'm going to burn it to the ground. <laughs> and she goes, thank you, Daddy. You know? <laughs> but that's how I like to handle persecution. You know, When Jesus says, love your enemies, I'm like, I'm never more creative than when I'm opposing my enemies. That's the best of me, God. But he tells us how to handle opposition in life. I would say about 10 years ago, I was in Asia and I met with some, some missionaries that were in uh, countries in Asia that were just, they were really being really persecuted. And so we were in a hotel and there was a discussion. They were asking me for advice. They're like, do you think it's right for us to have children because we're under such severe persecution? And they were literally wearing the scars of being persecuted for them faith. faith. Many of them had been shot at. They'd been physically abused. Their families had been tortured for Christ. And they want to know, is it, is it right or wrong to have kids? And they were explaining everything going on. And then one of them looked over and he goes, Pastor Marcus, how about you? You know, what have you had to endure being from, you know, the United States of America? And the best I could think of is like, you know, last week somebody sent me an email and hurt my feelings, you know. And so I remember just processing this on the flight home. It's like, God, what do we do when we're really being opposed and we can really feel it? Because this is one thing that the word, the word teaches us is that the world is broken by sin. And people are going to be mean. They're going to be pushy. Uh, they're going to be abusive. They're going to be manipulative and controlling. And, and sin breaks relationships. So the first thing I thought about was just the fact that Jesus told us we need to expect this. This is coming. This is the way the world is going to wrap up. Jesus said in John 16, 33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. That's the first thing I want you to know. If you're looking for peace, I'm going to tell you where it is. It's in Christ. He's like, in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. In the world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, you need to expect that there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some pain. And it's not that we're going to get better and better and better as a world. He was actually, he set this up. He said, the world's going to get worse and worse and worse before we make it to heaven. In 2 Timothy 3, this is what Paul uh, said, verses 1 through 4. He says, but know this. He's like, I want you to get this in your brain. Let this be an understanding in your mind. Never forget this. Know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. 
For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful. They will be unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without any self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors. They will be headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. How many of y'all know we're living in that right now? Like when we describe all of these times going on, you know that we're living in that. And that's, that's just the culture that we live in today. But, but when it comes to persecution that's, that we see in the Bible and things that we see today, there's, there's one big difference. And it, it was a difference between me growing up and, and right now. Like when you dealt with a bully or you dealt with harassment, you dealt with opposition, we dealt with that like 101. You know, somebody come up and just tell you they didn't like you, you know, and you would, you'd have a problem. And then we'd go hand it on the Piggly Wiggly parking lot, you know. And then after, after like a minute, then you're like best friends and you're at the Sonic eating a cheese coney. But t today, all of this harassment is mostly virtual. It's because people are keyboard warriors, right? You know, and so the problems that we face and the opposition coming out of us, it's just, it's hard to put our hands around it because it's coming through social media. It's coming through your kids. They're on video games and people are saying things about them. It's coming through text messages. We had a teenager tell me, he's like, there's 50 people that don't like me. And I was like, I didn't even know 50 people growing up. How do you know 50 people don't like you? And it's because so much abuse can happen. And we call it cyberbullying. That's what's going on now. So there's threats and there's rumors and there's lies and there's slander. And you're like, how do we handle this kind of stuff as a follower of Christ? And I will tell you what Satan wants to do and what he wants to do with this stuff when he uses it is that he wants to bully so that you show weakness to the world. And I want you to write this down. They're like, what, what, is the, what is the purpose of persecution? Persecution is when someone tries to exert power over you so that you respond in weakness. It's what Goliath did to the armies of Israel. He showed his power. He was exerting power over them and they were trembling and they were showing the world their weakness. It's, it's what happened when Jezebel uh, sent a message that she was going to kill Elijah. She was exerting power over him and he took off running. He started having panic attacks. He was wrestling with suicidal thoughts. He was just showing weakness to the world. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the purpose of persecution. And you will see it in these ways in our, our American culture. People are going to talk bad about your appearance, how you look. Matter of fact, that's where we put our value. Are we devalue people? They will talk about your abilities. I, isn't it interesting that as soon as you tap into a talent and in a gift, and you'll see this in your family, as soon as they tap into something they're really good at, people will attack them for it. They attack you for disabilities or challenges in your life. For me, it's been my accent. I hate the way I talk. I grew up in Louisiana, and then I lived in New York City, and then I went to Albuquerque in the Southwest, and then I've been hanging out with rednecks for about 10 years, and I listened to myself on, on tape. I'm like, man, that is the worst accent ever. But people will find something to put their thumb on. It could be uh, your race. It could be that you're rich. It could be that you're poor. It, it could be uh, that you're a man or a woman or whatever. But the, I tell you, the deepest pain comes when you say, I'm going to follow Jesus. And then Satan circles you and goes, now you're in opposition to me. 
I want you to have this perspective. Let me give you some facts so that you know what's going on in the world. There are 150 countries right now where Christians are really being persecuted. I call that severe persecution. 255 million Christians face persecution all the time in the world. In the last 10 years of history, there's been more persecution against Christians than ever before. Uh, last year, there was 4,136 Christians in the world were martyred for their faith. We are averaging 11 a day. These are not people that are like caught up in a war zone, in a battle. No, these are people that are, per that are martyred because they're Christian. Uh, North Korea has 70,000 Christians uh, that are in prisons. They're in, they're in camps, work camps. These are people who are being discriminated against. They are being arrested unlawfully, thrown into prison without trials, uh, tortured, and some of them martyred for their faith. Last year, 1,266 churches were burned to the ground. So that's the reality. Let, let me tell you this, like, this twisted demonic lie. If you buy into some of the things you hear and read, you will think that Christians are the problem in the world. That we're like sitting in judgment and we're the ones that are hurting uh, culture because that's, exact, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. That's exactly what Satan would want you to believe and the perspective he'd want you to have is that Christians are the real problem. They're the most unloving people. The International Society of Human Rights, this is a secular organization, they said 80% of the atrocities committed against humanity are committed against Christians. Isn't that interesting? So you go, if, if this is true on this level, and then I have my own level, what do I need to do? Let me read you a verse, and then I'm going to jump into some principles that Jesus has laid down for us. John 15, 19 through 20, Jesus said, Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Here's the first principle, okay? Any type of bullying any type of opposition, number one, I must know the source behind it all. Like, like there's humans coming after you. So some, somebody will say, hey, Pastor Mark, my, my boss, he hates me. That might be true in the natural. Or it's a student at school, these students are after me. In the natural, that might be true. It might be a city official or whatever. You can just name the person. But behind them, this is what the Bible teaches us, there is a spiritual force behind it and you need to recognize the root of the opposition because there's a truth is that there is an evil force. His name is Satan and he hates you. I had somebody say, I moved to town and everything is against me since I've been here. And I said, well, it could be because you're a Christian. He says, they don't even know I'm a Christian. I said, Satan does. Satan knows that, and there's a target on you. And Jesus said, don't be surprised. They're going to come after you. That's why a lot of times we're more sensitive to this when we're on a missions trip. Like we're in another part of the world. We're in another country, and everything's going wrong. And our teams will just break and go, oh, man, there's there has to be a spiritual force behind this all. And we'll pray and pray through. And a lot of times we'll get some crazy victory or some crazy ideas over this. But we've got to be able to do this in our own lives. Like person on a personal level go, you know what? I need to recognize the source behind it all. Uh, Paul said it like this in Ephesians 6, 12. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. <laughs> Please get that one. 
It's like you, some of you are in a ring and you're swinging at the wrong person, right? He says, we are not wrestling against humans. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Did you ever start to stop to think, and I want you to write this down, that my bully is not the real problem. Write this down. That person is not the real problem. That person is being used. We're not fighting against human beings. We need to pray because sometimes it really comes down to a spiritual attack. When, when people like you for no reason, there's like, I mean, I like that guy. And there's, you've not done anything to earn it. We call that the favor of God. When people oppose you for no reason, you're like, I didn't do anything to deserve that. Write this down. We call that a spiritual attack. Okay. Here's the second thing is that you never, listen, you got to get this one. You never forget who you are. I said earlier, the, the purpose of persecution, someone is exerting power so that you show weakness, right? Like this is what happens when opposition comes. Satan wants to alter your identity. So it produces weakness. It also can produce insecurity. Sometimes when people are opposing me for no reason, I'll start questioning myself. Like, I'm quite, well, well, maybe I'm not gifted in that way. And maybe I am wrong. And maybe it'll cause you to walk in fear. Like Paul had to deal with this with Timothy. He's like, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. You're walking in something that's not part of your identity. It'll produce a low self-esteem. So there comes a place where you have to go, you know what? We've got some things opposing us and our values and the way we live. And you need to say, you know what? At the end of the day, I know this. I'm a child of God. You know, I'm a son or I'm a daughter. You need to know that. You need to be able to stand firm and say, I'm part of God's family. I'm one of his, you know. You need to be able to say, I'm created in the image of God. And I am beautifully and wonderfully made. He has a purpose and a plan for my life. And I'm not going to let Satan rob this in me. So listen, when your family, so let me give you a pro tip for your kids or your grandkids. When they're going through something, okay, put this down. Don't just be practical. Don't just say, oh, you're getting bullied. Uh, uh, here's the practical things. We're going to call your teacher. You know, I'm going to get you in jujitsu so you can slap somebody around. You know, just all the practice. Here's the things that we're, we're going to do. So, so that uh, breathe. This is what somebody told me. Just breathe. Breathe in your nose, out your lungs, relax, you know, count to 50. That was tough for me for a long time. Count to 50. Those are all practical things. Don't just be practical and don't just be emotional, you know. Don't because some people, you know, you'll see your kids going through something about, like, ah, you know, because everybody's got a mama that can be crazy, right? Your mom, your mama could, could have the, um, the most quiet personality, but one of her kids <laughs> go against something, she'll fight a hippo underwater. You know what I'm saying? So if you had a crazy mama, we want to know it in the, in the, in the messages below. Just comment. Okay. Don't just be practical and don't just be emotional. Hang with me. Be spiritual. Bring the word of God to battle for you because it's an identity. It's an identity battle. And whether it is like the things that we talked before, if it's the appearance or their abilities or, 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 or their challenges in life or your race or whatever, where you're at financially, take the word of God and go, this is what God says about us. 
This is what the world is trying to say about you. There's a source behind it all, but we're not giving up our identity. And I would tell you this, you've got to get, because Jesus walked with so much confidence because he didn't let the world define who he was. He, he walked around, he says, you don't define me. I know who I am and I'll tell you who I am. And he would say, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the door. He would say that. He'd go, I am the resurrection and the life. He'd go, I am the bread of life. There is something so powerful when you can stand and say, I know who I am. And this opposition is not going to change any of that. Now, let me tell you the hardest point to get into your soul. And that's the third one. It is never pay back evil for evil. These are some of the hard sayings of the Bible. Like Romans 12, 17 says, if, any, if anyone has done you wrong, never pay back evil with evil. I'm like, just a little bit, God. It's a hard, this is one of these verses that it takes you to, to grow up and be a little bit spiritually mature to walk out. I'm not going to pay evil for evil. And sometimes for me, this just takes blind obedience. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to obey you because this is what the word says. But this is what I know about me. I look bad when I'm in the wrong fight. I can die fighting in the wrong war. And there's some things that Satan wants to bring to me that when I get into those battles, those arguments, I face that opposition, nobody wins. Here's a principle of life. You can wrestle a pig, both of you get filthy, only one of you enjoyed it, okay? Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44 says this. Oh, this is a tough one from Jesus. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. If you got your family around, just repeat that. Love your enemies. Here's a first perspective. Just because I'm outside of your circle of love doesn't mean that you're not inside of mine. Love your enemies. And then he tells you how to do it. He says, bless those who curse you. This starts with your words. It's like believers, followers of Christ, they don't go back and forth with the people of this world. They say, you may have some bad hopes for me. It doesn't mean I don't have great hopes for you. And it's going to start with, I'm going to say some words that lift you up, that speak to, to blessings in your life. Bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you. Woo! He's like, don't just make it words, do something. Do good to people who are opposing you. Boy, that, that's where the rubber meets the road. And then he says, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. He said, I want you to bless them, do good, and I want you to stop. Can you imagine taking this into your home and just going through those scriptures about your identity, just, just saying this, this is the truth, and then stopping and going, and we're going to pray about this. We're going to take this before God. We're going to love them and bless them and do good to them and pray over them. I shared this in, in one of the Life of Christ devos this week. At the end of the Civil War, President Lincoln was at the White House. He was, he was on a veranda and he was overlooking this huge crowd of people that were in the garden. And he had a speech prepared to tell them these are our next steps at the end of this war. He was getting ready to, to make the speech and somebody in the, in the crowd shouted out. He said, what do we do with the rebels? What do we do with the rebel army? And then people started going, yeah, yeah, 
And then someone else hollered out and he said, hang them. And then no one went, yeah, hang them. And then the crowd literally started chanting, hang them, hang them, hang them. And President Lincoln was really taken back. And all of a sudden, his 11-year-old son, Tad, grabbed his arm and he pulled it. And he looked down at his son and Tad said this to his dad. He said, Daddy, don't hang them, hang on to them. And I'm going to tell you, this is what God is wanting us to do. We don't pay, repay evil for evil because God didn't do that to us. And that's not, that was the spirit that he had. You can be living in sin. I'm still going to love you. I'm not going to hang you. I'm not going to eliminate you. I'm going to hang on to you. I'm going to pray for you and do good to you. Because I, I, I want you to know this. Because it doesn't matter what's really coming at you at life. It matters what's following you in life. And David said this, he could handle all the opposition and everything in life because of this one fact that he knew, that he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. You got, when you get saved, God has two hound dogs and he sicks them on you and they're following you all the days of your life. And the first hound dog, he named him goodness. That's the goodness of God. And it's following you. It's on your trail, sniffing it out. And every day you wake up, here comes some favor. Here comes some goodness. Here comes some creative ideas. Here comes some blessing. Here comes some energy. Here comes some angelic help. Here comes the Holy Spirit. The goodness of God is tracking you down. And then he had another dog. And he named him Mercy. And I love this. In the, uh, in the Hebrew... Mercy, this is what it means here. It means God's loyal commitment to you. He's like, I'm never going to stop following. I got goodness and I got mercy. What does that mean? Every parent with a toddler, you know what this means. You give your kids goodness and mercy every day. You, you are providing them some things and you're cleaning up after them. They make a mess. You're picking up the toys. You're changing the diapers. And it's goodness and mercy. And God's doing the same thing in your life. He's giving you goodness. He's cleaning up. And you can go, oh, I got all of this I'm facing. <sighs> but I got goodness and mercy behind me. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. It's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And the things in this world that we feel like are opposing our Christian values, even some opposition that's in our life. I pray for every young person that feels like they have a bully that they're having to face on a sports team or in their neighborhood or in their school. God, I pray that you arm us with your word and that you stand with us as we act it out in the name of Jesus. If, if you're listening today and you say, Marcus, this is great, but my relationship with God is not where it needs to be, then this is why you tuned in. God wants you to have a relationship with Him, and He made a way for that through Jesus Christ. Jesus did for you what you could never do for yourself. And the Bible says we do two things. We repent and we put our faith in Christ. If you're here and you go, well, I've never really submitted to God ever once in my life. Or, or you might be listening and say, I used to be close to God, but I'm not uh, close right now. We can make that right right now. I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to pray it after me. Jesus, I give you my heart and I give you my life. Forgive me for all the sin in my life. I turn my back on this world. And I turn my heart towards you. I believe you died for me and rose again. 
And from this day forward, I put my trust and hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God. Remember
Well, did you laugh today? Man, Marcus Brown is a funny guy, but what a great message on persecution. I know we all learned something, but listen, right now, I want us to switch gears. I want us to take our tithes and offerings, and you'll see three ways to give right here on the screen, and you can actually give right directly to our digital campus. But I just want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving to our campuses across the state or giving to digital or wherever you give here at New Life Church. We want to say thank you. There's this thing called CityServe that we're a part of where we have a, a warehouse in Little Rock full of items that we're able to disperse all across the state of Arkansas through our campuses and also through other churches in our cities. They're able to bless their people with furniture items, with food items, all different types of things to meet the needs of people in Arkansas. And you play a huge part in that. And we wanna say thank you for your faithfulness and giving. Well, right now I wanna pray for another church right there in Fort Smith. It's called Harvest Time. And I wanna pray for Pastor Darren. And I'm also gonna pray a blessing over you today. So come on, let's do it right now. Father, God, I thank you for Pastor Darren, God, there in Fort Smith at Harvest Time Church. God, I pray that you just bless him. God, be with him uh, in his congregation as they navigate through these times. God, just be with his staff, God, and the people that call that church home. And God, I also right now just pray a prayer of blessing over everybody watching this right now. Lord, I pray that you protect us, God, and you lead us through, through times of uncertainty, God. Lord, whether somebody on here is sick, God, or they're worried about their health or worried about the outcome, I just pray, God, that you would come and minister to us today, God. God, we give you our families, Lord. We, we trust you with our finances, Lord, and we just ask that you bless us, God. So, Lord, use us today, and I pray that we'll take this message today and we'll learn from it. And also, as we dive into life of Christ this week, God, show us, Lord, things in the word that we've never learned before. God, we thank you for what you're doing right here at NLC Digital. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Listen, it was so great being with you today. Can't wait to be with you next week right here. God bless.